Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Yes, good morning indeed. There is a war for your souls. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for that in this place of great trial and tribulation, in this world that's filled with evil and hearts men are failing them for fear, Lord, we thank you that you are with us. So I pray that you today give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive that revelation of encouragement and hope, Lord God. I thank you for giving us answers to fear, the antidotes for fear, that the great tormentor of men's souls, that spirit of fear and torment, can be um, wrestled to the ground with your word, with your truth, with your presence. So, is there any hope, Lord God? Yes, we ask and declare that there is and ask that you would show us today. Lord, we also pray and declare that your promises are true, that no weapon formed against us will prosper that no word said, no deed done, no action taken by the evil one will be able to bring forth any shame, trouble, or reproach. So may we speak today as the oracles of God. May our hearts and our ears understand. May we be comforted in your word, and may you lead us by your Holy Spirit now. For this is, you are the wonderful counselor and the faithful witness, even in these terrible times, Lord God. You are with us. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, fear. Yeah, it's quite stalks the earth these days. Yeah, and the torment that goes with it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it comes in so many different forms. Uh, you know, we can have the the micro fears and the and the macro fears. We can have the little fears in our hearts that eat away. You know, the feelings of this or that pain or this strange thing going on in our body or this problem with our relationships and and personal you know issues, um, lack of confidence, finances energy, strength, personal things that, that take us, try to undo us. And then we can have the huge, big environment full of bombings. and. Well, yeah, that's what we've got going. You've got the personal th- for fears and things that we can have to deal with. And then you have, you know, we've got, uh, we've got ISIS, we've got chemtrails, we've got suicide bombings. We've got an economy that's about ready to collapse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we've got we've Syria. Got this, we've got Russia. We've got on. Gog and Magog. We've got anti-ballistic missiles. We've got aliens. We've got uh, Nephilim. We've got uh, we've got it all. <laughs> yeah, we've got politicians that. Uh, well, I don't think that Satan could have done that. a better job <laughs> in doing pulling together all his forces. His uh, this is his grand finale. It's like you know when you've had a great. Uh, musical or dramatic presentation or epic movie or whatever. At the end, you have to, you know, all the fireworks show up at the end kind yep. of thing. And I really believe that this is the actual days that we're living in. I think some people, however, to deal with their fear, just want to not know about it, deny it, don't listen to it, want to be ignorant of it, because it's more than they can they can handle. Right, right. And so some people just kind of numb out, uh, escape. Uh, yeah. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Yeah, and that's uh, really true. They they, numb, they don't have any hope even after this. Numbed out with uh, drugs or entertainment or, you know, some some but, distraction because it's just too painful. Well, to consider all that is coming upon the earth and yeah. all that they're having to deal with, 
uh, in our in our personal lives. Well, I think it's it's not only painful but um, too much. People get lost in uh, they just they can't do it. There's no way you can, and there isn't really in yourself. There is no way you can have enough control, enough anything to protect yourself from these kinds of fears. But let's kind of define the fears here for a minute and see if there's any. I mean, because there's different kinds of fears. There's, there's right, right, and and uh, now what we're talking about. We're not talking about the fear of God. There's a fear of God. We may talk about that a little later. We're talking about fear. The dictionary defines fear as a feeling of anxiety and agitation caused by the presence or nearness of danger, evil, or pain, etc. Okay? And then there's the different synonyms uh, for fear. Fear, of course, is the general term for the anxiety and agitation felt at the presence of danger. Like we said, dread refers to the fear or depression felt in anticipating something dangerous or disagreeable or to live in dread of, pov- of poverty. Like we're not going to have enough money to pay the bills. I've lost my job. What do I do? My husband or my wife just left me. What am I going to do? What's the future hold? So there's dread there. And then there's fright, which applies to a sudden, shocking, unusually usually momentary fear. In other words, like if you, you're walking through your house and all of a sudden there's a mouse and it's like, ah, there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, and then alarm implies the fright felt at the sudden realization of danger. And say at the site, uh, you hear a certain sound. You hear, you hear a gunshot or something. Uh, there's a realization, all of a sudden, there's a realization of danger or there's a crack of, uh, lightning, thunder, right. um, and then terror uh, applies to an overwhelming, often paralyzing fear. You know that's what we've got. We, t- we hear all every day: terror, 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 and uh, ISIS and so forth, uh, spreading mm-hmm. terror. Uh, panic refers to a, a frantic, unreasoning fear often one that spreads quickly and leads to irrational, aimless action. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- there's just, there's no really reason for it. All of a sudden, you just kind of freak out. There's a panic, uh, what we know yeah. of as, yeah. as panic attacks. So these are all you know aspects of fear, and we've got all of these going on big time mm-hmm. in our present day and age. Well, it's interesting you said... Um a dread, and that's the anticipation of a great evil or of danger, and danger, evil, and pain, and then you know the the fear is the awareness of the nearness or being in the presence of danger, evil, and pain, and all of those will lead us to the ultimate um, conclusion or reduction of that fear to I could die, or I could be annihilated, or um, I have no control, and I think that's a big part of this whole thing with fear is people do a lot to protect themselves, insulate, isolate themselves, you know, whether they're preppers trying to prepare for something that there's no way to prepare for, whether you're buying guns or food or trying to dig a hole in the ground or whatever you're trying to do. There is absolutely, you know, uh, in the stories in the Bible, for example, we see how uh, many times there were these great cataclysms cataclysmic things like uh, uh, fire and brimstone coming down from heaven, 
the earth opening up, um, and the armies of the enemies swallowed up, and Israel's armies were probably less than a mile away from there. And so you see that um, God is able to adjust his judgments uh, strategically exactly where he wants them, and God is ever-present and always with us. But I, I really think that when people don't have a basis in the confidence in God and in his word, which many don't, you know, because they've been so busy trying to outrun their fears or, or to get their life situated so that they can, you know, protect themselves, that they've not really dealt into um, uh, the, the, the Bible. And you know, it says, he who seeks to save his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will save it. So I think that the first thing we need to come to is basically the release or, or the letting go of the idea that I have to save myself. Well, it's it's kind of a part of us that to to, to self preservation. Right? Yeah. You know, we're, we're survival to to survive and so forth. So, um, but before we so when we when we're in this life, and you know, here's the kind of thing too, we're trapped here on the planet unless, of course, and there are some who take the out the suicidal out or they get sick and die, whatever. But you know, I'm not saying that they want to necessarily leave the planet. Those who are get sick, but for the rest of us, we stay here. And we're basically confined to this planet. I know they're trying to do the expeditions to Mars and see if they can get some people up there. But, you know, the thing is, that isn't going to be for the most of us. We're not going to get on that, you know, out, exit, whatever. It's a little, going to be a little high priced. Yeah, yeah. Right. Really, who wants to go there? Yeah, because you could die, crisp, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but, but so anyway, we're, we're here on the, we're trapped on the planet. And, and this is a, you know, specific, it, it's not what... We've been told this whole world, there is a purpose to it. It's, we're not an, a, a primordial accident. We didn't just come here, drop in, uh, coming out of the goo, the slime, and here we show up, part of the evolutionary process, and now we're here to do nothing, to accomplish nothing, to go nowhere, to, to um, don't care where we go, and end up in the grave, in the ground, as part of the recycling process of Earth. That's not... You know, that's not enough for me. I don't know if it's enough for you, but I, I just don't buy that. Uh, you have to be pretty stupid and, and dumbed down and docile and, 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 and to, to accept the fact that that's all there is. I mean, if, you, if you're there and happy with that and you've got your pagan gods and your little, you know, deities and idols and you do your little mantras and you do your little meditations and you do your little yoga exercises and whatever, and that's good enough for you, it is not good enough for me. And if you're honest with yourself... It's not working for you either. But the thing is, you know, you know, nobody can judge anybody or tell anybody what to do. But we do. We have been commanded by God to preach the gospel and to love one another. And so that is our job down here in this place where we're trapped. So we're, we're so many of us really, when you look at it, people are trapped in one kind of fear or another. Mm -hmm. Live. Most people live their lives in some type of fear, mm -hmm. and it's like. You know where where did this fear come from? Where did fear originate? And uh, if you look, we have to go all the way back to Genesis. Yeah. That that fear was not an an original part of the creation. Part of the creation. Yeah. So uh, you know, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, mm -hmm. uh, they lived in fellowship with God. I guess we could say oneness, communion with God. Mm -hmm. Uh, they got along with God, got along fine. They were, you know, but then when disobedience came in, here's what's happened. When they ate of that 
forbidden fruit. Mm-hmm. Verse 8 of Genesis chapter 3. The, the fruit, by the way, off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. So evil, fear was one of the elements on that tree that they participated in. Go ahead. Yeah, so they have got really evil. And they fear. were promised to be like God. In order to be like God, you have to know evil. That was the line of the of the. Well, kind of, yeah. That was the line. Open the door of Satan. That opened the door. But so, they didn't know that evil was on that tree or fear because they didn't know evil and fear. They didn't know any of that, so they didn't even know that that existed. Well, they knew it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they did not know what evil was. They didn't really know what good was. They didn't really know what evil was. All, all they, they know was good. God and good. They mm-hmm. knew all they knew was good, but they didn't know that was all they knew. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so anyway, so and they heard the sound of the, of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves present, from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, "Where are you?" And he and so he said, "I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked." And I hid myself. Mm. So there we see the first real, you know, instance of fear, where there was no such thing as fear before. That, but what were they afraid of? Because see, they'd been naked the whole time, but they just were not aware of it, or it wasn't a big deal, or it was nothing. I mean, it wasn't anything that they were alarmed about or concerned about. And yet, when fear came in, that must have been where shame. Because well, they hid themselves and they were afraid. Well, there was a sense of separation. There was a sep- sense of separation from God that they, you know, that they really couldn't. They knew something was wrong. Right. And and disobedience, which opens is the door. sin, mm-hmm. opens the door to fear. It, it's separation from God. So there wasn't that sweet communion. There was awareness of, of wrong. There was if an awareness was wrong, of evil. Yeah, something was wrong. Something's wrong. So we've mm-hmm. got to do something about it. So what they had done. Mm-hmm. They had sewed themselves fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Now, they, they, something's wrong. There was a cover. A lot of people believe there was like a glory, a cover of just God's glory that was upon them that somehow left when they sinned. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, some have yeah. theorized that. So they sewed themselves. So what we're doing in religion Mm-hmm. Different religions, whether it's uh, some form of New Age religion or uh, 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 paganism, idolatry. any kind of Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, a lot of Christian uh, stuff. Any, you know, a lot of liberal, Religion. whatever you call it, so-called Christian stuff, cults. It's it's sowing fig leaves yeah. to try to do something to make something right, but it's never quite right, and we still live in that sense of separation it's, from God. Yeah, it's something to try to replace the loss of the presence of God in the fellowship of God. Yeah. And, 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 feel, and then we feel vulnerable and alarmed and alone and afraid because fear comes in at that point because there's something wrong and what I'm doing isn't working. And so hide and fix, that was their first, rem, their first um, efforts to correct their own sin. I would say that is religion because religion is all about uh, fixing, hiding, trying to make it right, make it better, do good, whatever. And none of that worked. And so the Lord himself had to uh, remedy the situation 
at least temporarily, by giving them coverings from the skins of animals. And we see fear coming on when and, and Cain uh, killed Abel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, "You know, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth now. Uh, I, it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me." So there's. Fear. There's fear, mm-hmm. and then the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. So uh, God put a, a mark of protection upon him, but yet he says, he, he, he's fears, okay, what's going to happen now? Whoever finds me is going to kill me. He, he had a sense of, right, that, that, of, of exactly. judgment and retribution that That's was right. kind exactly. of come upon him. Mm-hmm. It was a fear. So you take this, these, just these two I'm guilty. incidents <laughs> yeah. of guilt, Mm-hmm. Uh, and this this is spreading. This is now, uh, the, in the a sense, shed. the sin yeah. of Adam that has spread through the human race in various forms. To take life. Yeah. And it, it was the first life that was taken was their own son by their other son. And so this, this murderous bloodshed and blood guilt now came uh, upon the earth. And that is the, like you said, it's now it's the law of demonic retribution. Right. Where and, blood and, for blood, and, and Cain knew that. Yeah, and, and so, you know, there's uh, fear, and there, there's a, a fear of God where there is a a holy reverence for God, mm-hmm. respect, a respect for God, a, 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 and so, but then there there are times where people are just uh, scared of God, because well, they're, they're in a sense because of their his greatness. Uh, yeah, or their insignificance. Yeah, or not only insignificance, but because they feel like, man, I am, I am really guilty before God, and there's some judgment that's going to be coming upon me. Well, so there's a lot of people that live in that. Sort I believe of that Jesus came view. to deal with that guilt and that judgment when he died. He, he satisfied the law, uh, an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, life for life, blood for blood. When he laid down his life, his life's blood, on the cross so that the wages of sin might be fulfilled, fully paid. He paid in full when he said it is finished. But So that becomes our new access into the presence of God and into the love of God, because it is the love of God. Perfect love, it says in John, casts out fear, First John. Mm-hmm. So perfect love, people don't know love, and they know, but they know a lot of fear. And again, when guilt, separation, unworthy, don't deserve, and not understanding the true love of Jesus for us, when we don't understand that, we feel uh, guilty or like we deserve to be punished or God is mad at us, which the devil makes full, it takes full advantage of in, in working this into our mind to create in us a separation of vulnerability and isolation. I'm on my own. God is mad at me, whatever. All of this stuff promotes that fear of fear. Part of the, the, Component of fear is the fear, the idea of being alone and helpless, mm-hmm. and I have no resources. And so, when people get pushed into that by fear, God would say, "Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Um, I will take care of you. I'll never leave you or forsake you." But, but many people have not heard that message, right? Or yeah. they've heard it in such a convoluted way that they cannot apply it. What are some of the results? Of fear in people's lives. I mean, physically, spiritually, morally. Well, what, what what are some of the manifestations manifestations of that? We talked a little bit well, about in, that earlier, but more mm-hmm. specifically, on a personal basis. Right. What are some of the manifestations of someone who is bound by, say, a fear or a spirit of fear? 
Well, there can be a lot of physical manifestations. First of all, we have to kind of understand the physical anatomy. The, there's a fight and flight system. Um, God is set up in the body. You know, we know about adrenaline and things well, like a, that. It's a protective measure. Right. And so when, you know, God gave us that ability through our hypothalamus, our hypothalamus in our brain in those little areas in there, determine dangerous things that, you know, they're, they're weighing, um, computing the stimuli that's coming in through our senses. And if they determine that something is dangerous, they flip a switch, so to speak, and they send these messages, chemical and electrical messages, urgency, alarm into our body systems, and all the physical organs of the body begin to work together to protect you from that danger, whether it's a a tiger chasing you through the jungle or a a, a car coming at you 80 miles an hour. It's like, so everything knows what to do automatically. It's an automatic reaction, but it is a temporary reaction, and it's it's a divine uh, system that causes us to be able to outrun sometimes tremendous strengths is poured into us. Um, our extremities, the blood is pulled away from our, our veins, but pumped in through our bigger veins so that we can run faster, but it's away from pulled away from the skin. So we don't bleed to death. The blood is taken away from the stomach because you don't need to digest your food right now. So it's, it's pushed into those other areas. The heart beats faster. The, the, you know, the pupils dilate, the, the, the body is set to go, but the, here's the thing. That's a good thing fight and flight, you know, but when people never go back into that place of peace or homeostasis or realize the danger is now gone and they can settle down, you know, now they've been traumatized. Sometimes when you're in a car accident, for example, maybe you were, you rear-ended somebody and you, you you got, your knees got crashed, your head got crashed into the, the, the windshield or whatever. And now whenever you come up on somebody too fast or too close, you, you kind of pull and flinch and pull back. That's kind of a traumatization your, your body is, is remembering that there's a, there's a trigger there. But so, but when you come into the place of, okay, it's fine now, you know, I'm okay. I'm good. Uh, I'm, I, you know, that, that shock is worn off and the adrenaline, the cortisol have redrained back into your body, been reabsorbed. Then you can go to a place called homeostasis or peace. But if in the emotional circumstances, if Satan can replicate danger in the emotional circumstances, and there's never a recall. There's never a return to peace. And you're always in that, that generalized zone of anxiety. They call that generalized anxiety. Actually, it's a diagnosis. So it's, your, it's like you're always on super high alert. Or, yeah, or a low-grade uh, nervousness or worry. Or, I mean, some people think that you have to, be worry, you have to worry to be aware of things. And, and you have to be hypervigilant. And that's what we see in a lot of people very... Uh, attention deficit hyperactive. These a lot of these people who are coming through and participating in and acting out these particular behaviors have a sense of danger or an unresolved conflict within them. And if that irresolvable conflict it goes on and on and on and on, and you keep trying, trying, trying to fix it, and it, there's no answer to it, then you get depressed and exhausted. So, actually, exhaustion is the depletion of these these uh, uh, enzymes, hormones that are there to, you know, your, your adrenal glands are burnt out, they say, because you just pumped too much adrenaline, you've never replenished, and now it's called burnout. So you're, you're just at that place of fatigue. It can be chronic fatigue, it can be um, fibromyalgia, various things like that. And, you get, and then you get into uh, depression. 
Well, exhaustion, yeah. Exhaustion. Hopelessness. Depression. Nothing hopelessness. looks good. And then, of course, that. And then if you combine then that. Then you're too tired to do what you need to do to get better. And then if you're, you know, your diet is bad, you're drinking right. diet soda and right. fast food. And, and, yeah, because you're you, too you tired. And you put that mm-hmm. together and then you're not sleeping So properly. it becomes a domino effect, doesn't it? It really does. It and really it does. all starts with fear. It all starts with the lie, actually. The perfect, perfect love, again, casts out fear. But the lie, you have to question yourself and you say, what is the lie fear is telling me? Or what are the lies that fear is telling me? And where did I first begin to believe that lie? And ask Jesus to show you because he is the faithful witness. So if it's a, if it's a, you know, sometimes we get hooked on our physical problems, our physical symptoms, and we try to fix them. And the more we try to fix them, the worse they get. Oftentimes going, shooting foreign chemicals into your body, or taking, you know, uh, non-organic substances or, you know, eating these, these artificial fast food diets, they do not restore your body to health. They drain you. So, but you're too tired to, to look at that. So where is the lie fear tells you? So this is a biological thing. Now, if I'm physically tired, then I'm pulled into a system, the system, the medical system, the social services system, the, um, the disability systems, whatever they are that cause you to just be, uh, you're losing more and more of your, your, your brilliance, your beauty, your confidence, your life, your life energy, your hope for the future, your vision, your ability to amount to anything. It's just like being drained out of you and, and so because that, of fear. And so we have a lot of people that are on prescription, non-prescription drugs, medication, psychos, um, Street. Psychotropic drugs, uh, you know, they're interacting and, and, and messing people up even further mm-hmm. uh, trying to deal with the fear because you've got all the uh, mm-hmm. interactions and, and side effects. Yeah, because fear is a feeling. And, you know, like with a lot of addictions, you are trying to medicate uh, your emotions. You're trying to manage actually your emotions by keeping them, with, keeping them within a, uh, an acceptable range. And so, you know, you drink. You do the antidepressants, you do the uppers, the downers, the whatever you do to try to kind of keep managing and, and uh, your, your, mood, your moods within this range of normal. And as you do that, you're, you know, it gets worse and worse because you have to use more and more. It works less right. and less. And, and or people are trusting the addicted. doctor. They're trusting the psychologist. They're trusting the psychiatrist that they know what's best. Because they're professionals. And, yeah, they're, they're, they're the professionals. They're the ones who know and mm-hmm. But, and it's, they're the ones that are, uh, you but, know, but we really go to them ignorantly. Yeah. And uh, they're, uh, what they're prescribing, even though they may be well-intentioned, they're really messing us up. Well, they don't know the, the full anatomy, the full spectrum. We are spiritual beings first. And when you, when you're, by the time this fear takes its full control of us, it's, it's manifesting in physical ways. By then, we're at the end of the line. Oh. You know, that's when, you know, it's hard to pull out of that because you're really in a lot of mess. You have to go back to get your answers in the spirit world first. And, you know, if, if I say this, if truth equals freedom, truth brings freedom, love brings healing. And I believe a lot of people are sick because they do not know they're loved. And perfect love casts out fear. So obviously they're sick because they're afraid. No, we believe no. Uh, there, we believe in in divine healing that the Lord does heal people miraculously. But you, you think of the issue too: is someone say is they receive 
a healing. They've got all these internal spiritual fear issues and things going on. They go to a meeting, someone prays for them. All of a sudden, you know, their, um, their, their tumor dries up or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so, okay. All that, that happens and Mm -hmm. God can do that. And God does that. But then what about all the root issues that are left undone? Well, that, that, is that is that yes it's a, the symptoms it becomes, of, are are healed yeah but what the root issues well here's are the not problem healed. before I answer that question though if you want to call us or talk to us our number is three four seven two one five eight zero five one if you want to enter into this discussion three four seven two one five eight zero five one so okay so so let's just say you've got a miraculous healing the tumor falls away. But underneath are still the arguments or agreements that we have made with fear in the first place. Like, um, it is what it is. You know, I must have done something wrong. A lot of times tumors are in agreement somehow in your generational bloodline with rebellion because tumors are basically cells that are in rebellion against the the, the proper system and and, um, uh, um, protocol of God. But anyway, so when a person... Uh, Jesus said to the the man in John chapter 5, verse 5, who had been laying at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. That's a long time. And in 38 years, I'm sure the guy had decided that there's no hope for me. I'm just going to be like this, and I'm mad because I can't get into the pool, and that's not fair because everybody else has got legs to move, and I'm paralyzed or I'm blind and can't see it moving around in there, and uh, the, the angel touching the water. And so when Jesus said to him, do you want to be well? He was asking him, do you want to change your mind about this? And I think part of our healings, part of our dilemmas, part of our poverty, part of your lack of making progress, part of fear is all about what agreements have you made with fear? For example, have you made an agreement, conscious or unconscious, subconscious, uh, through passive agreement with the spirit of death? Like, I hate my life. Um, I don't want to be here. I wish I were dead. Um, those kinds of things. You may think nothing of them, but the devil takes them at face value and cashes them in and drains your account of life and vitality. So um, when you're talking about um, what kind of, why doesn't this stay away or does this stay away or does this work? People have got to change their mind. That's what repentance means. That, you know, To get a, a release from fear, anxiety, worry, because maybe some of you are really used to worrying. It's all you've ever known. Saw your mother worry. She was nervous. She was anxious. Whatever. And you picked it up. And it's generational. It's a spirit. It's a spirit of fear. I think we don't think of fear as a demon, um, although it is the demon. It is the bottom line on every spirit. They all work out of the principle of fear, which works as an antithesis to love. So another thing, too, let's talk about well, we talk about, let's say, common worry, okay? Um, you, you say a, a, a parent is concerned about their kids. They, yes. They worry about the kids. You know, so we use the term worry kind of, well, I worry about this. I worry if they're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. They're going to college uh, for the first time. I worry... You know, are they going to be okay? Are they or going to get into say, drugs? Are they going to get a bad boyfriend, a bad girlfriend, that sort of thing? So, what what really is the difference between a, an, an honest, mm-hmm. healthy? Uh, I hate to use that word concern, but I'll use it anyway. Okay, worry and concern. Uh, a, a concern 
that uh, is not something that's a, a, a negative, worrying, fearful Well, I got an answer thing. to that. There is nothing positive about worrying, ever, really. It's anxiety. It's, it's fear. it's a sin, too. Right. Someone so, said it's the sin that we're not afraid to, not commit. Afraid to commit. Yeah, but see, the, the worry, you know, common worry, I am worried about whatever comes after that statement. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about. I'm, mm-hmm. I, really, the proper way to respond to that is I am being tempted to worry about. I'm being tempted by fear, anxiety, loss of control, oh no, what if, anxiety. I am tempted by them, those spirits. You have to think of them as entities, really, as, as spirits. I'm tempted to be worried. I'm tempted by the spirit of worry to be afraid. No, this is, this is a very key thing. A lot of times we're, we, we don't recognize that these are spirits. Behind. A spirit of fear. That is a temptation to worry. Right. And that is, it's demonic. Mm-hmm. It's a de- demonic temptation. It's right. the working of the enemy uh, uh, in our lives. Right. To bring we us skip, to that yes. place. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us don't take, we just think, oh, this is just my thoughts or my emotions. Right. We don't see it as a temptation to be overcome. Right. We skip step number two. First step is the temptation to be afraid. And step two is to recognize that you are being tempted to be afraid. And the third step is to agree with it. That's what the devil is hoping. Well, we skip steps two two in recognizing that it is a deliberate attempt on the enemy's part to get me to come into an agreement with the spirit of fear, worry, anxiety. And we say, I am. I am worried. You know, we don't recognize it as a temptation. Like Jerry said, we we think of it as my thought, my thought. Therefore, it's legitimate. I don't question it. I don't question its origin. I don't question the outcome of it, I just, it's me. I am. Whenever you say I am and you add anything to that, I am stupid, I am afraid, I am worried, we have to stop and say, wait a minute, I am afraid. Where are you from? Because the Bible says what time I am afraid, I will trust in the Lord. And so we have to stop these spirits and we don't do that. We, we don't change our mind. We just go with the, the flow. We go with the idea, the thought, and we're very, we go with what we're used to doing. And you know what, if you're, if you're tempted to be afraid, if there are symptoms grabbing your heart, your body, you know, like, you know, heart, chest pains, whatever. Now, I, I'm not saying don't be aware, but at the same time, a lot, the, a, the devil can do a lot of symptomizing to make us freak out, anticipate, be worried about things that we have the authority in Jesus over. And you can say, you know what, you stop messing with my arm. You quit pulling on my muscle. You quit cramping my leg. You stop putting that heaviness on my heart. I command you. I take the sword of God's word and I separate you from me because you don't, you're not a part of me. You don't, I don't belong to you. I was bought and paid for by Jesus Christ. You know, and so the spiritual warfare, spiritual battle in these end times, believe you me, those that know their God, it says in Daniel, Daniel will do exploits. Knowing God means you know that you're loved. It means you know that he's not mad at you. It means you know that you're not guilty and, and, and God is going to crush you some way because that's a sadistic God. Most, a lot of people have this concept of God that he's sadistic. He's just kind of waiting for you to fall so he can crush you, so he can prove himself right, that you have a sinful human nature, that you're despicable, and that he doesn't even want anything to do with you. He doesn't even want you in heaven. He doesn't even know why you're here, why he made you, and that's their concept of God. If you stop and think about it, most people act like that's God. 
That's not God. That's the devil's concept of God that he's imparting and planting in you through the society. And people all over like crazy. They're afraid of dying. They're afraid of meeting their maker. So they're making all kinds of desperate attempts to create artificial intelligence, um, nanotechnology, putting little computers in your blood system, uh, you know, genetic modification, uh, messing with your genomes and creating designer babies and, and singularity and all this stuff until we go beyond human and we don't even, we're not even human anymore. We sold our souls for the promise of you will never die, just like the devil said, you'll never die. Well, yeah, that's right. It was a truth. It's half a truth. You will never die, but the question is where will you spend your forever? In heaven or hell. He didn't say that to Adam and Eve. He didn't say, oh, you know, eat this and you'll be like God. You'll never die. You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's right. You're not going to ever die anyway. That was already there in the beginning before anything was eaten at all. It's eternity, life and death, heaven and hell. Where are you going to spend it? You don't have a kingdom. So, you know, you have to recognize this is your chance. This is your it on the earth, your chance, your shot. There is no other opportunity what you do and just declare and decide and determine and choose now is what will be uh, allotted to you forever so a lot of freedom the overcoming of, of fear has to do with where you're putting your trust exactly and so you know and the bible talks about don't put your trust in men. princes mm-hmm. politicians in men don't put your trust in your uh riches Uncertain riches, the Bible calls right. them. Your 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 financial portfolio. Uh, yeah. You know, if you trust in your own, you know, Proverbs three five and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Some people trust in their own Youth, intellect, their strength. understanding, their ability, mm-hmm. their giftings. So, all these, um, if we trust in anything other than the bedrock of God in the word of God, mm-hmm. we're, we're always on a slippery slope because all those mm-hmm. other things will give way. The Bible my, says- you know, my, my intellect, my finances, mm-hmm. my friends, my family, all that is, is uncertain as good as those things can be. But if you put all your hope in that, uh, 2008, people put a lot of hope in their 401ks and their, Pensions and stuff like that, and found them just gone. Well, here's the other thing. The Bible says, when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, this is not the world's view. This is not the world system. The world system actually negates that. The world system says you've got to have stuff to be okay. And the Bible says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And I see that because even it's funny how God defends and protects his own people with the tiniest, tiniest things. And it looks like he's doing nothing. And yet, because, he's, because it looks like he's doing nothing, we think he is doing nothing. For example, I'll give you an example. Um, people who are you know, oppressed, exhausted, uh, love the Lord, but you know, just going on day after day in a kind of a waiting uh, process and weary and, and tired and still pursuing and under excruciating odds of nothing ever going to be great for them or whatever. And then they'll come up with, and I woke up this morning with this tiny little song in my head from Sunday school class when I was a child, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm thinking that is sad and it's also awesome that God can use something so tiny as a little whisper in your heart, in your mind, a little song going through your, your mind, that he is able with that little song to defend you from 
the prowlers, the grip of the terrible one. It's just amazing the things that God does with nothing to do great things for his people, to, dis- to deliver them, to restore them. And so if you have this concept of God, that he is with you, for you, not against you, and he will keep you, you can be weak. You don't have to be strong. Mm-hmm. There are two great uh, programmers in the universe. Mm-hmm. It's God and Satan. Satan is out to program, reprogram us, uh, rewrite our DNA, uh, to, even to that point. Uh, when, when you read, you remember uh, uh, Daniel and who we remember as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which were mm-hmm. their Babylonian names, mm-hmm. uh, they changed change, change their uh, the king saw that they were gifted, saw that they were men of God, young men of God, but changed their names, changed, tried to change their diets, tried to change their identity mm-hmm. to be conformed to the philosophy and the worldview of the Babylonians. Mm-hmm. So there was there Satan, it, it, like you, you said earlier, Marjorie, all the stops are being pulled out now to reprogram us, us to transform <laughs> yeah. us into the god of this world into the god of this world from artificial intelligence uh-huh. to his worldview to his, to his worldview the worldview of satan now to overcome fear this great tormentor of man mm-hmm. there there is a there has to be for us a sure basis of trust okay and we have to trust in something and in someone that is absolutely certain. That's a, a sure mm-hmm. point of reference It's uh, uh, that, that, that is not going to move. And I, I just wanted to share this with you here. And then uh, from Proverbs 3, 1 and 2, My son, do not forget my law. But let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace Mm -hmm. they will add to you. And then if you go a little further down to verse 21 through 25, it says, My son, let them not depart from you. That's the word Mm -hmm. of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. Boy, do we have that going on, sudden terror. Trouble from the wicked mm-hmm. that comes mm-hmm. really on a daily basis. We're just saying, okay, where, what, what, what's, what's going to blow up today? Who's going to be attacked today? I mean, it just, just lot, we just think that way now. But verse twenty-six: For the Lord will be your confidence, and will keep your foot from being caught. So, uh, the Lord is our confidence. His word is our confidence, regardless of. What's going on around us, what we may be feeling, conflicts in us and around us. By God's grace, we we keep coming back to the surety of God and his word. Yes, and you said, well, we have to trust in something that is sure. Well, the better news is that we have been built by God to recognize his love and surety. 
Um, but the enemy is trying to distract that well, and dissuade us. He's it so much. Right. But we have, if you just be quiet and listen to the, the voice of God, the, the knowing of God that's inside of you through the Holy Spirit, you already know that we don't have to do something we already are, are doing. But the problem is when God gives us commandments in, in and throughout the Gospels, the New Testament, you know, commandments to love one another, love the Lord, forgive one another, etc. We are given commandments, not because those commandments save us, but that they are the guideposts to, guideposts. That's good. to the choices that we will have to be making and on an ongoing way. See, the choices you make to either obey the commandment or to ignore the commandment will determine uh, your destiny. It will determine your direction and, and the way you move through your life. So because there are constant choices that we have to make, the commandments sure stand as protections or signposts, guideposts in our choices so that we can continue to, to move through the, 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 the waters of life in a positive way and reach our true destination at the end. So the commandments can't get you there, but they are guidelines so that you can make choices that will get you where you need to be. Because we, Satan and God both know we will constantly be making choices until we die. Making choices based on the truth. It's kind of like what's supposed to be happening that's really not anymore in the United States. We're supposed to be making decisions and laws mm-hmm. based upon the constitution. So what we do is we make as believers we make decisions based on based the word of God. On the word of God. Now mm-hmm. here it's kind of we we're, we're caught between two different types of fear here in a sense for the most part. It's it's the fear of man or the fear of God. Now we're talking about reverence mm-hmm. for God. But the fear of man is what will they say, whoever they are. Who, who, you know, Proverbs twenty nine twenty five mm-hmm. says, um, fear of man brings a snare, mm-hmm. catches us, it binds us, it works to destroy us. But whosoever puts his trust it takes in the Lord away our shall be safe. Freedom to vote, to make our own choices. Other people have made those choices for us. When you give them the control of your life through man fear. You're allowing them to make your choices for you. But will they serve your sentence for you? Will they uh, abide in the place, the destiny that that they're promoting? You want to be in charge of choosing that place for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think of when God called Jeremiah as a prophet. um, Jeremiah, he's just a very young, young boy, young boy, probably like a teenager. Um, Jeremiah 1, 4, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Right. Before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you Built a you. prophet mm-hmm. to the nations. Yeah. Then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. So he's looking at himself. He looks at his own inadequacies. There's some fear there. But the Lord said to me, verse 7, do not say I am a youth, mm-hmm. for you shall go to whom to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, saith the Lord. And then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. 
So he said, you know, don't be afraid well, of their 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 faces because people can be we so many of us live that mm-hmm, way mm-hmm. of fear what people think what what is their opinion how they view us and and it it, it yeah. determines our our from it's idolatry from our, our, our dress mm-hmm. to our mannerisms mm-hmm. uh you know we're insecure in a lot of programming. Times we're, we're insecure in ourselves so we want to look like our favorite movie star our favorite singer our favorite athlete, that sort of thing. Or wear so, their shoes or whatever. So it's kind yeah. of like monkey see, monkey do. That's all silly. And it's, and it's based on fear and insecurity on our part. Right. That's right. And, you know, um, like well, all these guys, too, like Jeremiah Gideon. Gideon was, you know, God caught him hiding out, threshing a little barley or whatever it was in the in the well so that the, the Midianites wouldn't catch him so they could have a little bread for lunch or something. I don't know. He said, but who am I? And, and, and Jeremiah says, who am I? I'm young. And, and God says, you're going to go and do what I say. You're going to speak to who I send you to, and I'm going to give you that anointing. And so these people, Gideon, Paul, Paul went to, you know, Rome under duress, of course, but he got there. It's, God does stuff like this. It's not an easy trip. He didn't buy him a, a ticket on a cruise ship to get to Rome. I mean, it was a, a slave ship, and he was a prisoner on it. And they got shipwrecked. And this is God and the devil both working in the same place at the same time. Notice, God had a command on Paul's life to go to Rome to preach to those guys. And Satan says, oh, yeah? He, he could see Paul was obeying God. He could see it was working in that direction. And so what did the devil do? He threw up, threw up all over the water and made a big, strong storm for two weeks or whatever it was. But God sent a board. And everybody got caught aboard and got into the island. And it was near an island. And see, it's just this constant war between God and Satan and you and I. Paul was determined because he said, well, maybe I'm out of the will of God. This surely wasn't God's will because I was shipwrecked. You know, maybe God's mad at me like he was Jonah because I'm, you know, da-da-da, whatever. But Paul knew he had it in his heart. God had said, you're going to go speak to Rome. And Jeremiah, he got through, thrown in the pit. Well, Paul was, you know, he had to deal with fear too. I mean, uh, yeah, inside, you, what you're saying, Second yeah, Corinthians 7 um, uh, let's see here. Verse, let's start with verse 4. Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulation. It's like, oh, yeah, well, that's the way Paul lived all the time. Well, let's look at the next verse. For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. But we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts. Inside were fears. So what was that? Well, this was the temptation. To give up, give the in. The temptation to cave. give up because, I mean, he, and, and, but how did he get comforted? Verse 6, nevertheless, God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. And the word that Titus brought was that Paul had issued in the first Corinthians some words of correction to abuses that were taking place in the church. And the people had repented. They had taken heed to his word. Things were going better there. And that brought a great source of comfort to him. So Why? It's, it, because Paul cared about the things of God. And he not cared the about of the things body. of God. And he said, you know, to hear that they're doing well, that they took heed to mm-hmm. the message I brought, that brought him joy. And then he could say, he says, now I'm exceeding joyful in all tribulation. 
a, a good word. Sometimes, you know, what we do... A breakthrough. It just gift a good word of encouragement mm-hmm. to someone mm-hmm. that's going through a time of struggle and fear. A good report. Uh, there's death and life in the power of the tongue. And mm-hmm. if you can send an email, a, a text, or tweet somebody, uh, phone Or even call, how about talk on the contact, phone? <laughs> yeah, just or face to face. that you can give them a word of encouragement. Think of someone right now beside yourself that's going through some difficult time and if you can just give them a word of hope, a scripture, I'm not just saying you just put on a plastic smile and say everything will be okay, but just to give them a word of hope and encouragement, yeah. maybe a scripture, it can make a huge, huge difference in, as to whether or not someone is going to be overcome by a time, through a, in a time of fear or they're going to find uh, hope and, and joy and some perspective in what they're going through. Well, these are exciting times, actually, very exciting because... We're in the critical days where Jesus Christ is more than likely going to be coming back in our lifetime. And I think people really do sense that. And you, you, we need a new worldview. We need a new paradigm. The paradigm is war. And it's, it begins as a spiritual battle first. And all of this stuff that we see uh, springing up in the news, in reality, in the natural world, all of these crazy, scary things, all of these uh, everything from everything, the political campaigns to the bombings, to everything is indicating it is part of the, the uh, specifics, the details that were outlined in the books of Revelation and Daniel, uh, the end times. And, you know, people say, well, I don't want to think about that. You know, you're just a, a doomsdayer. No, I'm not. Jesus said, when you see these things come to pass, look up. Yeah, let me just give you the, let me give you this. He's going to read it for I'm you. Gonna, I'll, I'll give you a uh, up to up to the minute news report. <laughs> Go ahead. That was written by the, uh, Luke under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit about 2, years over two thousand years ago. Okay, uh, Luke twenty one eight. And this is it's a few verses, so stay with us on this. Okay, and he said, "Take heed that you not be de- you not be deceived, for many will come in my name." saying, I am he. The time is drawn near, therefore do not go after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified. For these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. And he said to them, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences. Zika virus we're hearing about now, right? There's always something like that. There will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. Uh, But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to their synagogues and prisons. And you will be brought before kings and rulers for my namesake. That's going on worldwide. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Therefore, settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom that your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to to death. I guess we could add um, husbands and wives in there. Mm-hmm. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. This is what's going on in our world today. But not a hair of your head should be lost in your patience, possess your souls. And it goes on, um, so it talks about all yeah. the things that are going to be coming, the destruction of Jerusalem, uh, and so forth for a few verses there. 
Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles in the times of the, until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled in uh, Luke 21, uh, last part of verse 24, verse 25 through 28. And there will be signs in the sun and in the moon. Mm-hmm. And we've had these blood mm-hmm. moons and all the talk about that in the stars. And on the earth, distress of nations mm-hmm. with perplexity. It's like we don't know what to do. The sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Mm-hmm. Now when these things begin to happen, doesn't say when they're all fulfilled, it's when they begin to happen, mm-hmm. look up mm-hmm. and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. He says all these things could just paralyze us totally with fear. And Jesus knows that. Yeah. What, so he said, but he said, when they begin to come, now, now listen, don't look down. Here's, here's a look around. What we read in most of those words, that's, that, mm-hmm. that's when we look around. Mm-hmm. This is what we see. So, but he said, okay, I'll give you a look around. Now I want you to take a look up mm-hmm. because your redemption draws near. That does not mean that we're an escapist people and we say, oh, I can hardly wait to get out of here. It's like, no, Jesus said, what did he say to do? Occupy till he comes. Mm-hmm. Do the, Occupy means do business. And Carry what is on. our business is to, you know, do the work of the kingdom. Yes. Preach and the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, um, uh, raise the dead. Freely you have received, freely give. Make disciples of all nations. Uh, this is what, there's an urgency about this mm-hmm. in these days. And that's what we need to be focused on right now in the midst of all the things that could bring great fear to us. Jesus said, I will be with you until the end of the age. And I believe that these are the, those days. So you can either be excited and ignited or you can be horrified. But the thing is, in Isaiah chapter 35, he's talking about the wilderness, the wasteland. He said to be glad for them. The desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. Things that look so depleted and downhearted and cast and, and destroyed will be revived. They'll blossom again. Because um, the excellency, they, they will see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. And he says, and then when you know this, when you see this, when you uh, see, this is what we believe. This is what our faith tells us. Fear says, oh, look around you. Faith says, but no, this is what God says. I am going to believe in the promises of God like Abraham. And it was accounted to him for righteousness when he believed what God said, even though he didn't have it in hand yet. His very faith in the promise was his righteousness because he believed God. That's why everything with God is about believing what he says, trusting him, because it's not about doing works and keeping commandments necessarily. That comes out of our our faith in him. That's not a predecessor to it. He says in verse 3 of Isaiah 35, Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful-hearted, Be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb will sing. Then the waters will burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert going on. See, the thing is, 
that we're going through this purging time, this time of judgment, this time of, and it's not necessarily God's judgment. This is the devil's idea of how he wants to run the world. He wants to purge the world of all that is good, including the lovers of God, the children of God. And so he, he's making his last efforts here to cleanse the world of all that he finds disgusting, which is, is holy and us. So the devil can live here happily ever after. But that's not going to happen because God has got another plan and he is going to bring vengeance. I think bringing vengeance is or bringing justice, bringing the restitution, bringing the rest, reconciliation, bringing things back to righteousness, bringing things back to justice and truth is the heart's cry of every creature that's, uh, that's, that's on this earth that's been created by God, including the little animals. All creation, it says, groans and travails, waiting for the restoration of all things. Because everything, everything, everything got messed up. This is not our final resting place. This is not our final destiny. And if you're here and you think your life is hell, and if you don't yet know God and are not going to heaven, then this is your heaven, though you may think it's hell. And if you get right with God, then this is the worst it's going to get, is what we have down here. Because from here on, when we see Jesus, it will be, there will be vindic- uh, vindication. There will be righteousness, justice, life, truth, glory, tri- triumph. And um, that's how it's, that's the truth. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, reading from the Amplified Bible. Do not fret or have any anxiety about you, about anything. Let's read that again. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Mm-hmm. And God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, it says, "What uh, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusteth in thee and so i, I want to uh, conclude with this too and some of you may have seen uh, this is a word for soldiers in the last days okay for those of you that are determined to serve christ with all your heart in these times there was a um, hbo series a while back called band of brothers about world war ii uh, Spielberg and Tom Hanks, I think, were involved in producing that. And there was a, a scene in that series where there was a guy in a foxhole, a soldier in World War II, and he was just paralyzed with fear. And he wouldn't get up and shoot, and there was a little bit of a lull in the fighting, and the buddy next to him and said, hey, here's what's going on. He said, listen. He said, um, he said to this guy, he said, quote, the only hope that you have is to accept the fact that you are already dead. And the sooner you accept that, the sooner you'll be able to function as a soldier is supposed to function. Mm -hmm. And that got a hold of his heart. And next time the enemy started open fire, he got up and started firing back. Mm -hmm. 
And so really, yeah. without fear, we're already dead. We're dead in Christ. Mm-hmm. We're alive. If we're not afraid to die, that's the only way we can live. If you're not afraid to we're, die, we're all, then you're ready to we're, live. We're, if we're already dead, we're not afraid to die, and we can really live. How about Reckon that? Reckon the old man dead. So. Amen. So that's true. So let's live. Um, knowing that we are, we've died with Christ and we're risen again and that he is our hope. Father God, we just thank you again for encouraging the hearts of everyone today. And Holy Spirit, we know that you dwell within us and we pray that you'd captain the ship, that you would make the decisions, that we would come to you, we would meditate upon your word, that we would feel your, your comfort and that we'd not look to the right or to the left, but look to you and that you would lead us um, through all these trials and tribulations into the triumph and victory that you were intending uh, for us in the very beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a super week. We'll see you next week. Rescue Radio. I have an emergency.